After failing to do so so many times this season, West Virginia finally pulls it out late, and the Mountaineers are able to outlast number 14 TCU and pick up their first conference win of the year. Here is the podcast. What's going on, everybody? My name is Wesley Shoemaker. West Virginia finally wins 74-65 against number 14 TCU, a game in which it looked like West Virginia was going to control all the way through. Things obviously then got close late, but West Virginia did what they had to do, weathered the TCU storm and won their first conference game, won their first game since before Christmas, uh, broke a five-game losing streak. So a lot of positives to talk about. First off, let's just get kind of into the game, though. So I thought this was that first half that West Virginia played probably was their most complete like 20 minutes of basketball I think we've seen from them in a good while. Um, and they they were doing it on both ends of the floor. They shot 54% from the field in the first half um, and only made one three-pointer. They were doing things inside. Jimmy Bell had his way, eight points, eight rebounds in the first half. We'll get him get to him a little bit later. But West Virginia also forced a lot of TCU turnovers um, in the first half. TCU turned over, turned the ball over nine times. So just, they were able to do things that we just hadn't seen this team do in a while. They were doubling up high up uh, near where TCU would try and kind of rotate their offense through. And that seemed to work. Um, they didn't really, let TCU get comfortable in the first half, and it showed. West Virginia led by 15 at halftime, and they they kind of just cruised. And I I do have to give Eric Stevenson props because at times he did play very out of control, throwing the ball over his head, throwing it behind his back, out of bounds. Like, but in the first half, there was a stretch there where he was getting it done, scoring, and then he had those two nice assists. Obviously, the lob to an alley oop to Emmett, and this team was kind of clicking to start the game. However, though, second half, Mountaineers jumped out. Um, they kind of they kept they kept it going, and then they led by seventeen with fourteen minutes left, and then seventeen again with twelve minutes left, and then seventeen again with eleven minutes left. But then TCU would go on an absolute tear and cut the lead down to two. And I know I thought here we go again. Here's another collapse here's another West Virginia has everything in front of them they control it and then they just lose it late sure enough though the Mountaineers made free throws late and a big part of that was Jimmy Bell Jimmy Bell made I think it was three free throws in the final four minutes and change there um, after West Virginia called a timeout when TCU cut the lead to two and Bell was a force all night long Bell had uh 12 rebounds, 15 points. It was a career-high 12 rebounds, his second career double-double, and he got it done at the free-throw line. Only missed one free-throw, five of six at the line, and he he was really, really good. And you're starting to see that work that he's been putting in on his body, especially losing the almost close to 100 pounds, um, kind of developing into a big 12 center, not just a guy who can use his size and weight to bully people around. He's the technique is coming along, and I think that's the best best thing for him. Uh, 
But he said he's been shooting almost 200 free throws a day. And he said, we know we've been struggling with free throws. And so I wanted to be in the gym and do something about it. And he's a guy that everyone loves. Hug said Jimmy was terrific. But, you know, Jimmy is a guy who really cares. He's a guy who works really hard. You know, when you think about a guy who came in here and lost the weight he lost in order to play, his skill level has gotten so much better. Um, so Jimmy's going to have to continue to play like that. Mo Wagi, he didn't play terribly. Uh, didn't have his worst game by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he also didn't play much because Jimmy played so much. Jimmy ended up playing 28 minutes. Uh, Mo only played 10 minutes, and then James was in there for a brief time as well. So Jimmy commanded the five spot. He had a big-time matchup with TC's Lampkin, and he said, uh, ironically, that some some people texted him saying Lampkin was the best center in the Big 12, and he took that personally. So funny, funny there. Let's now talk about the West Virginia defense. The Mountaineer defense was much improved. They hadn't guarded like that in a good while, probably since the UAB game, I'd say, uh, when, is when they guarded – how how consistent they were on defense. And you kind of knew TCU does not like to shoot the three ball. Uh, they don't shoot it well. They didn't shoot it at all. They didn't make one in the first half. They only made two in the second half. So they, they're they going to have to let them take the threes if they want them, and you're going to have to make them beat you inside. And I think that was a good game plan. And they like to do a lot of ball screen action motion and West Virginia really didn't allow that to happen because they have struggled mightily with ball screen defense all season. And maybe we start seeing more double teams, kind of a hectic run around, rotate, switch, and see what you, you've got because it worked. And if it continues to work, who knows what that might give you. And obviously that's not a press Virginia, but it's press Virginia-esque in the sense that it's frantic, it's quick, it's everyone's moving around, it's trapping here, it's rotation. So We'll see. We'll see where that defense takes them. But forcing 19 turnovers, uh, you had three blocks. You had eight steals as a team. So pretty good all around. And they turned defense into transition offense. And they didn't let a team that really likes to um, push the ball push the ball. And a lot of that though was because West Virginia was able to score the ball at a high level. Uh, Mike Miles got to give him his credit for TCU. 21 points, hit a huge four point play in the second half to cut it to six, I believe. Um, he led all scores with 21. Uh, Emmanuel Miller had 13. But West Virginia got TCU in a foul trouble early, and that kind of played to their advantage in the first half. But then, obviously, the West Virginia defense didn't do a good job in the, sec in the second half for that stretch. But part of it, too, was they weren't making field goals of their own to kind of stop TCU. And they, in fairness, they were fouling, it too, fouling a lot, too. TCU got four, six, like eight points on their little, when they, when they got back into the game, eight of those points were on free throws. So can't let teams get to the line like that. It was a very physical game. Uh, TCU head coach Jamie Dixon said, quote, this was not a basketball game, which a little, little surprising there, but um, either way you slice it, West Virginia's defense was a lot better and much improved compared to where they were early on. Um, controlling the glass. Uh, the rebounding margin was pretty pretty staggering. 31 to 18. West Virginia had uh, 14 offensive rebounds compared to TCU's 18 total rebounds. So that is a really good number. Obviously, Jimmy Bell had 12 of those. Um, let's see. Stevenson had four. Keedy had four. Mitchell had four. So you're you're kind of seeing there your guards start to uh, 
rebound the ball. And that's what we've been searching for with this team is to kind of see a harder group rebounding effort. That's not really what we have seen as of late. But last night, you saw more of a gang rebound. Let's all go after the ball on the glass rather than trying to get out and transition. And that paid off, obviously. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the refereeing here. Uh, Kip Kissinger was on the crew. Uh, he teed up Jamie Dixon early. Trey Mitchell looked like he got fouled. Trey was slamming his arm. I've never seen Trey that animated, but he was. And there's good reason for that, I would say. I just think that um, Mitchell didn't have his best game, and he's been playing really well. He had six points, four rebounds. Um, but Trey's a guy who doesn't speak much, and so if you see Trey that animated, that frustrated, usually it means the ref missed something. But there are a lot of fouls called, especially in the second half. A lot of free throws shot. Um, Mountaineer shot 26 free throws, so did TCU. So 52 free throws isn't ideal for a basketball game, I would say. And 24 fouls uh, for TCU and then 17 for West Virginia. Just kind of a kind of a weird game in that sense. Just a lot of free throws, a lot of fouls. And here West Virginia is making their free throws. They only missed six at the line. TCU missed seven at the line. And West Virginia won by nine. So if you miss more at the line, if you're shooting lower, closer to your average, it could have gotten ugly late. And TCU possibly could have pulled this one out. Um, and then let's talk about how the Mountaineers kind of held on. So, so many times recently we've seen West Virginia panic at the end. We've seen West Virginia on Saturday against Oklahoma. They had it where they just couldn't, they couldn't do anything. Um, and by couldn't do anything, I mean that they couldn't get an easy chance at a score because if they went to the bucket and got fouled, there was no faith that they would make the free throws and obviously the one play you draw to try and get a shooter a shot it, it it just gets messed up and it's a bad shot and a bad spot but it was certainly interesting to see how this team didn't collapse late and how despite TCU cutting it within two and you heard the groans and you could probably in the back of their mind sense oh this was going to fall apart um, it never did fall apart, and I think that is a good sign going forward. And talking about going forward, too, this West Virginia team now has a real chance to kind of make up for lost ground in a sense that they are 1-5 in Big 12 play, obviously not exactly last. Uh, Texas Tech still searching for their first win, but West Virginia has a lot of home games ahead, and if you're the Mountaineers, that's all you can ask for is a shot to beat good teams at home. They have... Number seven, Texas, on Saturday. Then the Saturday after that, they host Auburn. And then the Saturday after that, they host Oklahoma and then Iowa State the Wednesday following. So between now, like before last night, they had five of their next seven at home. And their two away games in that stretch are at TCU, a team you just beat, and at Texas Tech, the team that is lower than you in the Big 12. So West Virginia has a shot to get back into this thing. By no means, I don't think it should be a guarantee just because of the way this team has kind of fluctuated from being good to being bad. And if you're West Virginia, you still need Eric Stevenson to figure it out. Uh, 
Huggins said last night he's starting to become more coachable, and I think that's the best thing you can kind of ask for. But just taking a look at the conference standings right now, you have three teams that are five and one: Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State. Texas is four and two. You have a pair of teams at TCU and Baylor at three and three. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both at two and four. Mountaineers at one and five, and then Texas Tech at zero oh and six. So it's still wide open. If West Virginia wins on Saturday, depending on other results, they could be as high as I think sixth in the conference. So you've got to you've got you've got to just take it one game at a time. Just continuing to slowly claw your way up and claw your way back into tournament contention because I know Joe Lenardi today had West Virginia as one of his last four teams in. Ken Palm and the net rankings, they still are in love with this team. So the computers like them. Uh, bracketologists certainly like them to an extent, and they just got to keep putting wins because there's one thing if you have a close loss to a good team, but you've got to start protecting your home court, and obviously they did that last night. And I also think that this team getting the – Monkey off their back, getting that one win, it should hopefully propel them. And Hugs, I'll play, we'll play the audio right after this. But Hugs said he kind of had this uh, sense of where they have to get going. They have to start. Uh, it starts with TCU, and they can go with a stretch of four games, three at home, and try and win those. I got them together after the Oklahoma game, and I said, "Fellas, I mean, we're we're going home for for three or four. Let's just let's go win. Let's go win four, and all of a sudden then we're four and five, and it looks a whole lot different. And go from there. That is where this team is at, and Hugs believes in them. There are a lot of fans there. Uh, Eleven thousand four hundred and two last night, and it'll probably be a sellout this Saturday against Texas. I know Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma game in a couple of weeks is a sellout. I believe Auburn. And the SEC Big, Big 12 Challenge next Saturday is a sellout. So a lot of opportunities to keep picking up wins, keep making that resume better as they head uh, towards February and then towards March. So that'll do it for this TCU post-game podcast. Short one today. Uh, probably come back with you maybe before Texas, if not definitely after Texas. If you made it this far, I do appreciate you listening. And this is the Blue Gold Sports Podcast.